Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for life, for health, for strength, for a sound mind, for the opportunity to hear your word, to be encouraged through your word, to walk in the will that you have for us. Even in this dark season, we know that your promises are still true. Your word cannot fail and that your grace will last all the way into the end. We give you the glory and the honor. In your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. So we're going to actually follow up with our discussion regarding end time deception. And we're going to talk about the biggest issue or the biggest trick, if you will, the greatest trick Satan has pulled since he was given the opportunity to deceive mankind. And what many people don't realize is that Satan has done a very phenomenal job of convincing the world that he doesn't exist, that he's not even real. And if that's not even a shocker for you, what's even more scary for folks is that he's even convinced people that God isn't real. And if he has been able to blind the minds of humans into thinking that God isn't real, you better believe they're not going to believe that he's real. You know, I was talking to a couple of people who came into my gym unexpectedly one day, and they were very eager to join. And we're going through the process and there was some slight delay. We're just talking about the gym, things like that. And one of them made mention to the fact that they have to leave because they need to go to church. And when I hear that statement or any statements in reference to church, um, it kind of triggers something in me. And I just don't let those words kind of flow past. I, I can't. After all that I've been through and the things that God has allowed me to see and overcome and how I am very adamant about speaking truth as it relates to God's word. When someone says, you know, I'm going to church or I'm a Christian or they say, amen, or God is good. It makes me kind of step out of it, if you will, the comfort zone and ask some questions. And usually the question is what I asked uh, when this person may mention that they had to go to church, I said, well, you go to church. I said, well, what church do you go to? And they named the, the particular church of a prominent pastor out here in Georgia. And it was, it was quite interesting to hear of how they referred to the pastor. Apparently the pastor had retired and it happened at during 2020 and basically the purpose was because he was old and there was um, a fear that his age would somehow interfere with or he, he can catch the, the disease that's floating around out there or they say it's floating around out there and that because of his age, he would have to retire from being a pastor. But this Sunday, particularly, he was coming back 
to see the congregation. It wasn't to preach, just to see the congregation. And this sprung me into a lot of what I do now, just like in this call. I started speaking on what's written in the Bible and how it talks about what is going on in this season. How there will be a great falling away and some will depart the faith. And all these things that Paul speak on, uh, the apostles speak on. And I can tell you, honestly, when I was done talking, I struck some nerves in the uh, individuals. And they weren't pleasant nerves, if you will. They were more frustrating. And one of them made a statement. They said, I've never heard that before. I've never heard it put like that. And it makes me think, well, I'm only restating what's already written in the Bible, the same Bible you claim to believe in. Just bringing up the scriptures and what Paul said and, and really highlighting the life of the apostles and and what Jesus Christ said. And the person said they never heard it this way. And I asked them, well, how long have you been going to this church? It said for about four years. And I knew, I knew before they even mentioned the time frame and, you know, what was actually being said at the church. I already knew that they were sitting in a church that didn't uh, represent the truth of God's word. Deception. And that deception goes clearly in line with the fact that the church is not teaching about the end time. And a lot of denominations fall in that same category. And here's the reason why. Because the Bible says that they will be deceived by the one who runs this earth. And that deception is to get people to believe that one, uh, Satan is not real. Or two, all you have to do is go to church and say you believe. And unfortunately... This is keeping people from seeing what's actually happening in the world as we speak. Everyone can tell you what's going on in Ukraine. They can tell you what's happening with the new uh, variant that's going on out there. They can tell you about the gas prices. They can tell you about the economy. But many people cannot tie these events to the truth of God's word. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't appeal to what they want to happen is the flesh to get some glory, to be gratified, to be taken care of, to be comforted. The Bible says that the word of God is a sword and that it divides, it cuts. And that cutting process, if you've ever been cut with a knife before or any sharp object, you know it doesn't feel good. It's not a, it's not a comfortable or pleasant feeling. And that's, the re that's how the enemy pulls so many people in, even in a lot of these church institutions. They pull them in through this comfort, this casual feeling. That doesn't match the truth of God's word. Jesus Christ said that you should be hated by all nations. All nations. 
And here in America, it's quite interesting because there was a time where we claimed to be one nation under God. And because of that, there was this idea that America was somehow God's nation. And if you go through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there's nowhere this is stated. You can't even find something that relates to it being God's nation. Christ said you should be hated by all. Now, who wants to be hated, honestly? Who wants to be despised? Who wants to be persecuted, looked down upon? Naturally, none of us do. Because it's not really a good feeling. Ultimately, a lot of us want to be accepted. This is why so many people are so easily brought into destructive things in life because we're searching for acceptance. That's, a, that's our natural feeling. We want to belong to something. The last thing we want to do is be hated. But when you come into this faith, it's a guarantee. Paul says that anyone who desires to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. We can't escape it. No matter what we want to do, no matter what we think, no matter what we try, as long as we want and we make the decision to live a godly life, we will suffer persecution. But in the process of this, you know, Christ is telling us what it looks like for a believer, for a disciple, for a chosen one who God has picked out of all who were called, what the life actually looks like. In Matthew 7, 13, he says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. Many. Understand what he's saying. Many people are going through the wide gate. The broad road. If you, if you don't believe me, look around at the world today. I'm sure we all can talk to somebody at our jobs out in the community. We can scroll through our friends list and you can probably find a lot of people who are doing the same thing the world is doing. They're following that broad path of trying to, if you will, keep up with the Joneses. Making sure we all, they all, you know, they line up with what's going on in society. Who wants to go out and say, I mean, let's just be honest. Who wants to be the one person that says out of the crowd or group, I don't stand with Ukraine? I don't think a lot of people want to be in that category. Because that's not trending right now. Let's rewind back. We're just it was just a moment ago. If you didn't have on a mask, you were ostracized. If you didn't update your uh, social media picture and say, I got my vaccine, you were blackballed. A lot of us may not realize it or not, but we might know a few people and hopefully none of us are of this sort, but we know some people who are deceived following the wide broad way and he says few will find that way the narrow way many gonna find the broad way because the broad way is easy to find it's easy to find the highway not hard at all 
But that 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 back road was not often advertised. There's probably not a lot of footprints out there. You know, that's not the road that people talk about a lot. I'm going to read from Matthew 7, or actually continue reading from uh, Matthew 7. And uh, it's going to be verse 14, where, you know, Christ says, Enter into the, into the straight gate, wide is the gate and broad is the way, that leadeth to destruction, and many thereby, which, and finally it says, But straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that lead to life. And few thereof find it says, he goes on to say a very important scripture. They're all important, but this is a very important one to, to hear. All right. He says, beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are raving wolves. Now, when you look at this scripture, he says, beware of false prophets. And he says that these false prophets will have sheep's clothing. Well, Jesus talked about sheep in his teachings, and he talked about how the how his sheep know his voice, and a stranger they will not follow. But he's saying here that these false prophets will have the ability to dress up in the same clothes. As those who follow Jesus. They will look just like the sheep of Christ. They will have a splitting image. But inwardly, they are raving wolves. I mean, that is such an important scripture to look at. Very, very, very important. Because, first of all, how do they even get the wardrobe to look like one of God's people? How do they even get the, the, the makeup, the appearance? That's important to realize. It goes back to the Garden of Eden. Satan heard everything God had told Adam. He knew clearly the truth that was brought forth through God's mouth and into the ears of of the first man and the first woman. And when God leaves the garden, the serpent comes in with everything that God said, but a little twist. And that twist created the fall of humanity. See, we are listening to a lot of people or have listened to or will one day listen to a lot of people who have heard everything about God's word. They can tell you about this end times. They can tell you about salvation. They can tell you about everything in the Bible. But when it comes to the full truth and when it is due for that season, they twist it up a little bit. Because the objective is to get you to act in a way that gratifies the flesh. That's it. So many people are saying that, you know, uh, we have to 
stand for all the people who are suffering over there in Ukraine. And I believe that. I believe we should support people who are not being treated right, support people who are being uh, brought through devastating situations. But why all of a sudden it's just Ukraine? What about the kids in Africa? What about the women in India? In fact, what about the people right in your neighborhood? Or, for, or even more so, what about the people in our own house? But the enemy has always used God's truth, sprinkle some of his lie in it, and serve it to people because within that truth, there is a lie that somehow makes us feel good. That's it. It's pulling us. It's tugging away to get us to dance as if we have strings attached to our bodies. This is his game plan. And it's such a crazy thing to think about when the same people who will tell you that Satan isn't real. It's the same people who are fully under his control. Completely. Paul made it very clear. Be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Before we all came into this faith, or before we understood the, the truth of this faith, we had a mind that had nothing to do with God. Our mind was focused on self and this world. And when we come into this faith, we have to renew our minds by removing our desires to move as the world moves. We are supposed to pray for people who are going through it. We are supposed to aid people who are going through it. But if somebody can convince you to drop what you're doing and run to Ukraine support, Skip all the way over your family, your community, your friends. I mean, that's without a question deception. It makes me think of these missionary trips that people take at these different denominations. Where they go to Honduras and different places, South Africa, and they pay all this money to create these tickets and these living costs that they spend when they get there, yet how many homeless people, how many homeless children, widows and orphans that they fly over on their way to another country? Deception. And I believe that everybody on this call has some inclination of that. You, you, you feel that in some kind of way or else you wouldn't be on this, on this line. But in the process of this deception is going on, know this to be true. We are called as believers in Christ Jesus to stand on his word. Period. We are called to stand on his truth. And the way we do that is by speaking his infallible word, even when it pulls us outside of our comfort zone. You know, as a, as a gym owner for the first time in my life, 
it would make sense, especially being that I just opened my gym in January, to not really talk about God and the Bible and the things that relates to what's going on in the season, especially in the gym, especially when I have two people that are trying to sign up. But I was convicted instantly. And I believe if you have the spirit of God, you're going to be convicted immediately when it comes to his word and doing God's will. And I had to speak. And when I spoke, it drove those people away. Even though they completed the paperwork, there were some challenges with signing them up. The, the file wouldn't process like it normally did. And I got a message shortly after they left saying, you know what, we decide not to go forward with the membership. Please don't process it. And I knew right then and there that I had did what God asked me to do, what the Spirit of God was leading me to do, which was speak the truth. Rather than trying to conform to the world where it doesn't make sense from a worldly standpoint to be talking about God in the workplace, talking about Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. But that's deception. If God doesn't belong on your job, in the grocery store, in your home, then if you're honest, he don't belong in your life. We can't pull God out of our pocket when it's convenient. And Satan knows this. That's why he creates such theatrics to try to keep us hidden and afraid to do his will. And he's worked so hard to make sure people don't even believe that he actually is running this world. But he is in full control of this world. That's in the Bible. That's God's word. He is the prince of this world. And a master manipulator. And all throughout God's word, he lines out what we ought to do in every situation we have to deal with. So the enemy doesn't overrun us with lies and cause us to want to shrink back in our faith. You know, just like the armor of God. We have to wear the full armor, not just pieces of the armor and not put the armor on when it feels good. You know, it, going to church with your armor on, you know, it's not necessarily uh, doing any good there. It's when we're out about in the community or even if we're on our social media feeds or whatever it is that we're we're at. And the enemy comes to attack us with lies about what's going on in the world right now. And, you know, I was talking to someone earlier today and they said that they're just living, just going to live their life. Doesn't matter who is who's in power. Doesn't matter who's president. I'm just going to live my life. And I want to tell you, only Satan can have you believe that one. We're supposed to be living for Christ. And for his word. That's how our lives should be shaped. Because if you really, if you're not living from Christ. Truth is, you're, you're, you're not going to live with Christ. If you're not living for him, you're not walking with him. You're not going to, he's not going to accept you in the eternity. That's his words. 
That's not mine. He said, if you are ashamed of me and my words, he said, I will be ashamed of you on that day. That's Luke 9, 26. It's a great thing to get on this call. It is. Because we ought to come together and forsake not the assembly of ourselves together. We ought to strengthen each other and encourage each other. But what are we being encouraged and strengthened for? To go out into the world and be a light on the hill and a salt of the earth. Because Jesus Christ himself said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? He said, go make disciples. Go be proof that I am who I say I am. Deception will have us believe that uh, the deceiver would have us believe that we should just kind of hang out and wait on the Lord to come back. But that's not what Christ told us to do. It takes the Holy Spirit, the discerning of the Holy Spirit, to, to differentiate what is God's will and the will of the world. All these people who claim, I don't care who they are, what leader they are, and what field they lead in. If they are not God's obedient children, they are lying to you. You can't live for this world, deny God, don't represent Christ Jesus, don't live for him, and still give God's truth. You can't do it. Light and darkness can't operate in the same space. So when we sit back and we listen to what some uh, world leader says or a president or a uh, some type of business leader or medical expert or whatever the case may they say, whatever comes out of their mouth is a lie if it doesn't align with God's word. And that's probably a very deep statement to some people, but it's true. Is very true. And I'm going to show you where it says that in the Bible. In Romans 3, verse 4, Paul says, Certainly not, indeed, let God be true, but every man a liar. So if this man or woman are speaking, and they're not speaking as it relates to God's unadulterated word they are lying to you I don't care how good it sounds I'm sure when Satan told Eve that she wouldn't die that she would have the knowledge of good and evil that she would be like I bet you that felt good to her it had to feel good because it wasn't nothing but a few moments prior to that her creator told her not to do that and he spoke straight to the emotion of her. And she completely disregarded the very first commandment ever given to a human being. So what do we hear today from the world, from the medical experts, from the world leaders, from the news analysts or whoever out there that sounds good to us? We got to ask ourselves that. What do we hear that just really makes us feel good inside? You know, like that, I think that statement, new normal, I think that makes a lot of people feel good. But one day we're going to have a new normal or we're going to get back to something normal. 
Well, I like to find that somewhere in the Bible. And I've yet to have anyone bring forth the, that as it relates to God's truth. That's why it's such an important thing to not only read the Old Testament, but read the New Testament. Because you look at the Old and you see evil has been running wild since the Garden of Eden. People have been refuting God's truth, denying him, destroying his people, tearing down his pillars over and over again. But it's real easy to be hoodwinked, to be tricked. And Satan shows up and he appeals to the very thing you need the most. To make that flesh feel good. It's easy. It happens to all of us. None of us are exempt. The only one that succeeded was Jesus. So it's so important to have the spirit of God, that discerning of his will through his spirit. And what we hear from everyone. Take God's word for it, not the minister, the preacher, the deacons, the elder. Take God's word for it. And it makes you feel emotionally great. And you're probably being told something that doesn't match God's word. So Paul never said that going through a trial feels good. He never said that. But the Bible says, consider it a pure joy whenever you go through trials of many kinds. We're living in the end times. It's been going on for a long time. This is not anything new. Wars, rumors of wars, pestilence, famines, earthquakes, been going on before all of us was born. And it will continue to go on until Jesus fulfilled his promise of coming back for his chosen, his obedient, his faithful. Please don't get caught up in the lie that because you said the name of Jesus, you're going to go see him. And he's going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I'm not going to tell everybody that. Faith is works. And we have to act on what we believe. Even when it doesn't feel comfortable. The enemy wants us comfortable in this season. That's exactly why in 2020, he said, if you're sick, stay home. That don't even, that don't even make sense with what the world tells you to do. The world says, if you're sick, go see a doctor. And now they tell you to stay home. With all the fear that was shown through the world. It's a good thing to stay home. It feels good because then you don't have to worry about what's going on out there in the world. What did the Apostle Paul say you do if you're sick? He said, go to the elders and have them anoint their head with oil and pray the, pray the prayer of faith. And they will be whole, made whole. They'll be healed. That's what he said. Do. He didn't say go home or even go to the doctor. And it's such a hard thing to believe. Believe me when I tell you, I know. Because what we've done for so many years, it's become a, a tradition, it's become an, a custom. If you don't feel well, go to the doctor. But, you know, that multi-trillion dollar medical industry, 
was never designed to heal you. It was designed to keep you coming back. So in this season, it's important to not be caught up doing what everybody else is doing. I want to encourage everybody to stop trying to set ourselves up to make sure we are accepted in any way, shape, fashion, form according to this world. The only thing a believer should be standing for is the Messiah. So when he comes back, we won't have any shame in his appearing. We have joy when he shows up. And we're not caught off guard. Because he says, I come like a thief. I'm coming like a thief in the night. I don't know if anybody ever had their house broken into. But the thief typically shows up when either you're not around or when they can catch you sleep or slipping. They don't typically show up in the broad daylight where everybody's up and moving around, talking. He's coming at a time we will not expect him. And that time of unexpecting is going to be in accordance to how the world is operating. How the world is moving. And if you look around today, this will be a perfect time to see Jesus crack the sky open. You got Ukraine propaganda. You got these Greek alphabet variants that are going on. I'm sure, they're going to get all the way to Zeta or whatever the Greek alphabet is before, you know, they, they switch it over to COVID-20. But does that move you? Are you swayed now? Are you are you have you been pulled to the side with that. You rubbed a certain way because of what, what I just said about the variant or what's going on. Ask yourself that because if you are, chances are you're being moved by the world. It's important. I can't, I can't stress it enough. It's important because all throughout, even Daniel talks about this. Jesus talks about it in Revelation. He talks about it in his ministry with the disciples. Paul talks about it. When he shows up, he won't look anything like you thought. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 1, he said, But concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. Here's when he's coming. We don't know the hour. We don't know the day. But here's when he's coming in verse three. When they say peace and safety. Then suddenly destruction comes upon them like labor pains upon a pregnant woman. When you look at that. That scripture, when he says. It will say peace and safety. There's a few different translations. Where. It says, in the New Living Translation, everything is peaceful and secure. And disaster will fall on them as suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains. All we see, the chaos, the confusion, the rigmarole that's going on, wars and all that. There's going to be a moment of peace and safety. And the world's going to be saying it. 
It's going to be the quote-unquote new normal. And just like that, boom, destruction is going to fall on them. And this is important for us as believers to know so we don't get caught up in the, the winds and the waves of what's going on in the world today. I hear Christians say, come Jesus now, come Lord. I hear other ones say, oh, let's pray for the wars to cease. Let's do all these different things. We're praying against prophecy and we're praying against the will of God. We ought to be praying for the salvation of those who have been deceived by the enemy. And we should be praying for us who believe that we will continue to walk in obedience to God's word. That's what our prayer should be. Because his will regarding what's happening in the world is already going forth. We are up to the place now where pretty much all prophecy has been fulfilled except the revelation of the son of perdition. It could be this year. It could be 20 years from now. It could be 50 years. Who knows? But our job isn't to be in a prayer mode to stop revelation, rather to pray for each other, to strengthen each other so we can do his will. We can do God's will. We have to get to that place like Paul. After all he was going through, all that he endured, suffering, being in prison, being forsaken by people who say they believe. Paul said in Romans 8, 38, he said, for I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. When we get to this place of complete persuasion, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. And we are no longer moved by what's happening in the world today. Period. We are literally walking through the fire, confidently doing the will of God. Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was according to the world, according to how it looks, it would have been in their best interest to bow to the king. But they were persuaded. And that persuasion that they had kept them in the very place people were dying around. The thing that should have destroyed them turned out to be their testimony. So we have to be obedient in this season and have a discerning spirit. And that is through the Holy Spirit so that we can stop being pulled emotionally left and right, up and down, in and out about whatever it is that's coming next in the news. That's really where it's all coming from. I have heard so many people talk about Ukraine, but I bet you not even a percentage of them have actually been there. And I've actually seen what's going on. The images, the videos, all that's being projected. 
through the news and mainstream media. And it's such a sad thing to see how many people are being grabbed into, being pulled into what they see or hear being said or done. That's how Satan moves. That's his that's his game plan. He he is a he's a phenomenal uh performer. Fear sells tickets, period. Fear is a, a great moneymaker. Ask Stephen King. So let's walk in the will of God. Let's got stop getting tossed to and fro by the winds and the ways of this world. It's evil. And it's been that way since the fall of man. It will not get better. No matter what we hope and claim and pray, and it will not. There was never a prayer for the disciples. There was never a prayer for the true followers, the elect of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus said, I pray that you take them not out of this world, but keep them from the evil one. So even in his prayer for his followers, he didn't pray that the evil would stop. That the evil would, you know, somehow calm down a little bit, take a break. He said he prayed that as they do what God has called them to do, as they do what Christ has taught them to do, that they will be kept from the evil one so they can fulfill their purpose in their time. So let's continue to fortify each other with this truth, this word, and the fact that the reason Christ told us all that we see happening today is so that we can be encouraged knowing that uh, through obedience, when he returns, we can have a great welcome into everlasting life rather than everlasting contempt. I can tell you without a doubt that this, maybe even, t I'll say five, ten, probably, of course, 20 years ago, you would have never heard me talk like this. But when you decide to do God's will and you recognize that it is only by his grace, there's a fire that gets lit. And I'm at a place where it can't get put out. I'd rather do his will than mine's. I've, I've, I've got a long history of my will being done. I see a, a, a repeated cycle of what the end is. <laughs> And it never turns out the way I think it will. So I'm done doing that. And I pray the same for everybody that's on this call. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your favor, your grace, your mercy. Thank you for holding us, for loving us, for comforting us with your truth through the Holy Spirit. No weapon formed against us who walk according to your will shall prosper. We give you the glory and the honor. In your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen.